If the Earth has four corners, how can it also be round? Does rubbing your eyes too hard transport you to another dimension? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hello! And welcome to This Paranormal Life, the weekly comedy podcast where every Tuesday we investigate a different paranormal case and decide by the end of the episode whether it's really paranormal or not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't This Paranormal Life. The artwork is different, buddy. You guys notice something new by any chance? Oh, yeah. You didn't realize, but it's the paranormal equivalent to Christmas morning. We come bearing gifts. Welcome to This Paranormal Life 2.0. That is right. Today it marks a, a new and golden era of This Paranormal Life. Uh, we've been making the show for... Uh, damn near five years at this point and we thought it was time to shake some things up yeah so you may have noticed when you clicked on this episode we have brand new artwork Woo! we love the new artwork we hope you like it too but right that isn't the only new thing around here what else has changed kit guys we have relaunched the this paranormal life patreon for as little as five bucks you get this paranormal life ad-free, plus a monthly bonus episode. Whoa. We've also got a ton of new rewards. We've got a brand new weekly show called the TPL After Party. Slow down, Chief. You're blowing my fucking mind here. It's right. For years, we've been doing uh, a once a month bonus episode, which we have loved making. And thankfully, uh, our patrons have enjoyed listening to. But we got more for you. How about a weekly show? It's true. We always talk about on the regular show how we don't really talk that much about the behind the scenes of the podcast, our personal lives. We keep it to the paranormal uh, and we keep it pretty focused. Whereas the after party is a chance for us to tell you all about the making of this show, the bits that got cut from episodes, uh, what's going on in our universe. And yeah, it's literally raw uncut footage uh, from behind the scenes and we're very excited to be bringing it to you. If you want if you want to hear us say f- without the beep, you're going to want to listen to the TPL <laughs> after party. There's no censoring, that's for sure. We've also got a monthly raffle. That's right, a real-world IRL raffle where you can win actual props used in episodes of This Paranormal Life, like the Ouija board or the cursed voodoo doll. Yeah, we have a whole shelf basically filled with amazing props from the history of This Paranormal Life. And it's been fun to hang on to them over the years as kind of like little mementos of our time. But... We realized it would be even more fun to give them away to members of our community. Finally, last but not least, we have a limited edition Night of the Commune collector's (laughs) coin. (laughs) This thing grants you access to the new headquarters of the Paranormal Commune when it's completed construction. Please note, construction may not be completed within your lifetime, but this thing is sweet. Yeah, it sounds like this is a joke, but I cannot I cannot express just how real this thing is. We wanted to create something as stupid and uh, high-end as this for quite a while, as like a cool little piece of merchandise you can get uh, as a reward for being a member of the, the Patreon. And so we created this actual, it's like a medallion. Right. It is enormous. It's like a commemorative coin. It's so cool, and um, the design of the coin is insanely cool. It was uh, actually created by a member of the This Paranormal Life community, Adelaide Maxwell. It's filled with, like, a ton of Easter eggs. You're going to want to go check it out. We we put a lot of heart into creating it, and hopefully it shows. So if you want to go really crazy and get all the rewards on Patreon that we've mentioned, plus the coin, you can do that. 
So we're talking a whole new weekly after-party podcast, ad-free episodes, patron-only raffles, the return of shout-outs. Oh my god! Which you might hear at the end of this podcast. All of these available right now on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. If you were ever on the fence, guys, about joining the Patreon, hopefully this is the moment that it becomes truly worthwhile. It goes without saying that This Paranormal Life will always be free to listen to in all of the places you have uh, been listening to for years on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else. This is just... Whoa, wait, whoa, sorry, what? Huh? It's, it's free for some people? They don't have it's to pay... It's free to everybody, but... They, they don't have... To, so, all right, now, now, see, now you've lost me. Now I was on board with the whole Patreon thing because... What do you mean I've lost, I've lost you cash, from... But, the whole premise of right. what we do. How does how does it work Let, then? I think we should do this off mic because okay. you have very basic misunderstandings about Sorry, life. I'll, I'll turn I'll turn this off. No 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 no, <laughs> dude. How does it work? Dude, why would you turn off your mic? How do I get my money? What an insane thing, dude. We are, this is a very right. crucial announcement we're making. You said off mic. Okay. You said you oh, have it off Jesus mic. man, this is a crucial announcement. And I don't want you to f it up by arguing with me about how the show runs. I'm just confused how I get my dollars is all. To shut Rory up, head over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. Like I say, this is for if you have listened to this paranormal life, you love the show and you want to hear more. This is the place to go. So while we're super excited to talk to you more about what we're doing with Patreon and the new look of this paranormal life, we do have an episode to get to. It's true. So let's dive right in to today's case. Let's go. The first episode of TPL 2.0. I can't, it's going to be a, it, I can just tell this one is going to be one of our best, like a groundbreaking case that probably involves government yeah, conspiracies, sure. uh, legitimate evidence, you know, maybe crime scene like, photographs. Uh, I might need to just <laughs> walk back some of those statements because okay. I don't want people to get like the wrong impression about what's coming because I spent a lot of time on the rebrand and sure, like, yeah, I, like I have a script, like obviously there's a finished script for today's episode but just like you know the shout outs and like the coin and like that all took like yeah but priority number one is obviously maintaining the quality to... of the main product which is the show sure it just like you said stuff about like evidence and like um a, a coherent story or something so that might be a tall order shouldn't for be. today that's the bare minimum i think like, in terms of orders this isn't that what, is what's in front of me isn't of necessarily world. written in english it was mostly copy-pasted from a Chinese newspaper I found online. Okay, okay. I find the Chinese a bit tough, though, to, like, Yeah, wh why post it then? Why read it and when? why copy it? If you knew this was going to be the first episode to kind of set the tone moving forward into a new generation of podcasting, yeah. why have you picked a, <laughs> a story based entirely in a language you can't read? I have been doing Duolingo and Mandarin Chinese. I thought... I would have learned a bit more by today. Turns out the f***ing thing's written in Cantonese. <laughs> I know, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can pick out some, so like that's... Um, this is our worst episode, by the way. I need, this is all being cut, so I... Google it's, Translate. Alright, I, I don't really know what's happening right now. Should I, I mean, I have a case ready to go. No, no, I, I could dude, probably I've just got do it. one. I have got it. Well, you don't! You clearly don't have it! I just need a little bit of help with the pronunciation is all. What do you think, bud? You, th you think people are going to think that was you reading it? That was a it woman's was voice. It, it was me. What are you talking about? 
What do you mean it was? That was a female robot. Okay, what is that? Shut up, idiot. Okay, that's more than enough. Oh, I, I insist I you start the episode. There. You know what? I think I got it working. I'm going to fire the entire thing into Google Translate. You guys aren't going to notice a thing. Okay. Like many times before, we start today's case in West Virginia. It's 1968 in the woods on the outskirts of a town called Fairmont. It was the middle of July, and how better to spend the warm summer afternoon than some good old American hunting. Nice. Local Air Force veteran Jennings Frederick was out in the forest, shotgun in hand, pistol in holster, and beer in the back pocket. Very nice. He was out to bag big game. But hell, if he couldn't see any, medium game would do just fine. And hell, after a few more Budweiser tall boys, just about anything would start looking like big game. I don't know my hunting turns. What is game? What is that? Uh, game is just the animal you're shooting. Oh, that's just a broad term for beast? I know in the UK, game would generally be like birds that people would hunt, like pheasant. Or so, the electronic store where you can buy Xbox and PlayStation. Rest in peace. Game. It's not closed down. We still have games. <laughs> it might as well be. Uh, <laughs> big game, I guess, would be deer or moose. I headed into game, shotgun in hand, beer in the other, and got a copy of Red Dead Redemption I was looking for, for $2.99. <laughs> I was hunting big game, namely Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> I'm going to need a big game for a big boy. <laughs> Pistol in one hand, chalky milk in the other. I'm going to need a big game for a big boy. Uh, here's Lego Star Wars Saga. Very nice. Very good. Uh, we're kidding around and painting quite a stereotypical picture here. Jennings was actually equipped with a bow. He was an experienced hunter. He was barely swigging from the natty ice in his back pocket. Very cool. He was making his way through the trees quietly, his eyes constantly darting back and forth. When your eyes are trained to look for wildlife, it becomes hard to miss movement in your line of vision. But he lost all concentration when a deeply unsettling sound reached his ears. It was a high-pitched jabbering, almost like a record player running too fast. It was unlike any sound he'd heard in nature, and it was the last thing he'd expect to hear out in the middle of nowhere. It was coming from the west, and couldn't have been more than a few hundred yards away, judging by the volume of it. He wanted to call out to find who was out there, but a voice in the back of his mind told him to keep quiet. Was it the record voice? <laughs> Don't even try and do anything. I'll lay you out. It was just a man in the river, <laughs> just talking, barely out of the water. Give saying it was drowning, drowning. What could it mean? <laughs> he was listening to his gut, and his gut was afraid. He stood still, wondering whether he should investigate or nope out of there, like probably we all would have done in a heartbeat. Yeah. He couldn't leave now. The mystery was too tantalizing. He began to creep towards the sand. As he got closer, he was growing more intrigued by the unique noise. Which one is it? Is he is he piecing out, or is he is it too intriguing to piece out of? This is the hunter mindset kicking in. Sure, a little bit. <laughs> is of, it a little bit of Dutch courage from the American beer in his back pocket? He he can't resist. Imagine the stories he can tell the other veterans down at the drinking hole if he posts a photo of whatever this big game is. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to, like, go back to the local tavern and, like, lay a f***ing buck down on the table. Again, I don't know hunting terms. I think that's a deer. Um, but if you come back from the woods and you drop down a six-foot gray bug with three eyes, that's pretty baller. If you could flop that down on the table, 
and say, look what I picked. It doesn't get much bigger game than that, boys. Now, at first, he'd half expected to find just a couple of kids messing around with a wind-up gramophone or something. Now he could hear it with more clarity, it sounded less like a record player and more like a living creature. Mm. Worryingly like a living creature. He was still scanning the landscape with his eyes, but couldn't see anyone or anything. As far as he could see, he was surrounded by nothing but trees, but suddenly he saw motion up ahead. Looked like a slender tree branch swaying in the wind, but it was moving too much for the gentle breeze floating through the forest. He crouched down and dashed forward, zigzagging from tree to tree to get closer to what he'd seen. He was sure it had been right at the base of the big pine he could see from his vantage point. He couldn't get much closer without risking giving away his location. And by now, he'd seem like a grade-A pedo if it actually turned out to be a bunch of kids. It's true. He kept crouching and staring at the spot the weird, wavy tree had been. He was still listening out for the increasingly familiar, yet strangely unearthly noises he'd been hearing. The next one would surely put him on the right track. His blood ran cold. This thing was right behind him. Oh my god. You picked a bad weapon, sir, to take with you into this situation. Because, like, sure, to be ready with a gun, it's having your finger on the trigger. But to be ready with a bow, you the bow has to be strung back, right? Like, ready to go off at any second. Right. And the only way to get it unstrung is to just do the motion of what exactly what would happen if you release the arrow. I think I've watched enough Looney Tunes to know that at this point, the monster just puts his finger on the arrow and Jennings just flies back. <laughs> right, when it's, when it's launched. He whipped around and fell back in surprise. It was a creature with long, vine-like limbs, with what appeared to be clawed suction cups at the end of three slender seven-inch fingers. Whoa! It was tall, too, well over seven feet. It was humanoid in shape, but the proportions were way off. It was so thin it reminded Jennings of the reeds around a riverbed. (sighs) The arms were no thicker than an inch wide but the most unusual features were by far the eyes and ears. They were glowing different colors in waves, oscillating through red and yellow. The eyes were large and slanted, glowing in sync with the tips of the ears. Jennings was terrified. He could do nothing but stare at what his brain interpreted as a walking plant. What the hell? What does he think a plant is? He said this was borderline a circus wheel (laughs) rotating on top of a tree. vines for arms with thorns on its fingers. You said suction cups on its fingers. Thorn suction cups. And its arms only an inch wide. When it did move... What? (laughs) Its arms are only an inch wide? Yes, its arms were no thicker than an inch wide. Oh, Jesus. Because they were like vines. Okay, sorry. There's so much stuff being thrown at me. That is like, I'm going to need to see at least an well, artist's you're interpretation. You're going to need to f- get it together because the descriptions keep coming. When it did move, it seemed weak, frail almost. Even weaker than a li- even weaker than a living plant at full health. What? What do you mean? Weaker than a living plant. But he was still too scared to move. He knew the monster had seen him. They were staring at each other right in the eyes. A sentient being is stronger than a f***ing daffodil, than a dandelion, than a regular living plant. It started babbling again, this time with more urgency than before. It got higher and faster, and suddenly, 
he realized he could make out words. <laughs> you need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as a friend. We know of you all. I come in peace. I wish medical assistance. I need your help. <laughs> he does sound sick. <laughs> Bro, if I don't think my bow could kill this thing, I'm taking my own life. <laughs> if I see that, if I, if I hear that inside my head, <laughs> I, I shouldn't just, I don't, I shouldn't be allowed to go back to society. I'm just screaming, throwing my Zippo lighter at him and hoping for the best. Wow. Jennings could hear the same odd jabbering in the background, but the message rang in his head as if it had been beamed by a radio mast. It felt like a telepathic communication that played aloud in his brain. The call was coming from inside the house. Well, actually, it was coming from this sentient vegetable, which had been edging closer to Jennings the whole time it was sliding into the DMs of his mind. He wanted to run, but it was like his legs had forgotten how. But there was no more time to escape. At that moment, the tree man lunged at Jennings, wrapped its creepy limbs around him and pulled him into a bear hug. He struggled against it, but couldn't fight. He was bound too strongly. Well, 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 that's a goddamn lie, because only moments ago you said that this creature was weaker than a living plant. It was drawing him in. It was trying to lure him in. I could escape the grasps of a tulip. Well, uh, well what if it's the power of a tree? They're pretty powerful. Uh, Imagine they could move. Uh, Remember tree beard. True, but you said his arms are no more than an inch thick. Uh, yeah, but an inch of pure mahogany. <laughs> okay, I'm starting to think maybe there's some some paranormal forces maybe at work here. Yeah, you said it, not me. In the very limited dialogue this creature had, it said, I am ill, I am sick. So <laughs> the fact that you still can't overcome it. The creature's face loomed as it bent towards Jennings until they were almost nose to nose. The flashing eyes drew him in, almost hypnotizing him into submission. They danced into different shapes, slipping between colors in the most mesmerizing fashion. Then the thorny claws that tipped his fingers pierced his skin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He could feel the pain, but was too enthralled by the pulsing light beaming directly into his eyes. The suction cup fingertips pressed against him sharply. It was draining the blood from his body. Whoa. He could feel it happening. His heart was beating at full pace and his strength was waning with every pulse. Then just as suddenly as it leapt on him, it released its grip and Jennings slumped to the ground. He saw it dash up a steep hill nearby and disappear over the top like a flash. Once it's got a little human juice in him, this thing is like the flash. <laughs> it's like f***ing Nos in Fast and the Furious. Wherever it was going, it was doing so in a hurry. It appeared to defy gravity. Each step covered at least 25 feet of ground. I would love it if he... If he's approaching him and he's like, you know, his his weird psychic voice is like, please, I am weak. Let me just have a little suckle on your human nip nips. <laughs> and he like goes over and then after like drinking a little bit of your blood or whatever, he's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's fucking that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Mate, thank you. Cheers, buddy. Um. Yeah, I actually have to, usually I'd talk a little bit after this, but I'm slammed today, man. So, uh, yeah, catch you on the flip. <laughs> One leap just disappears over the tree line. Thanks, mate. Absolute legend. Cheers to that suckle in your nip-nips. <laughs> not, not a phrase you want. 
Don't don't tell people I did that, by the way. Someone to say to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jennings stayed on the forest floor, feeling too lightheaded to get to his feet. He lay still, connecting with the earth and catching his breath. But the ground beneath him started to vibrate. Something big was powering up. He felt like he was lying on an airfield runway while a helicopter was taking off a few feet away from him. He was desperate to head up the hill and see what was making the racket, but he didn't have the energy to move. It was the plant. He heard the mechanical whirring fade into the distance, though he couldn't see anything through the thick cover of trees. He was sure of what he could hear, though. Some kind of craft had left the ground on the other side of that hill. Okay, okay. That wasn't going exactly where I thought it was. You know, usually when we're when we're talking about a creature like this, it is a cryptid uh, or some sort of weird creature that lives in our world, like the lizard man mm-hmm. or, you know, the mothman or even like Bigfoot, for example. Um, but what we're seeing here, what we're hearing about in this story, it sounds like it isn't naturally of this earth. It, it came on a craft. Fuck. No, it's got a taste for nip-nips, but that's about the only thing it likes about Earth. You better hope it doesn't make it back to its own planet. Because once the word gets out about human nip-nips, there's going to be a lot more plant people in the forest. Because if they, if they learn that there's, what, 7 billion people on Earth, there's 14 billion nips on Earth, the plant people are coming. Imagine you found out there was a planet full of walking sentient Red Bulls, and you could just walk around and suck them dry, and they're pretty much powerless. I'd want to go I to that No, no, I disagree. I don't <laughs> think anyone would want to suck on a Red Bull's nips. <laughs> I didn't say they're nips. I just meant if there was a planet that you could visit. You're a freak for energy <laughs> drinks. That's your problem. I'm not going near any Red Bull. Anything. Imagine there was a beer planet or something where all the beers were just walking around clinking into each Imagine other. Imagine the f***ing Nesquik bunny <laughs> lived on his own planet and you could suck him off and get chocolate milk. <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> You're just naming beloved mascots of drinks. Also, you know this planet has cows and we don't do that. We we mechanically milk them, pasteurize it, and bottle it for sale. We don't get down on our hands and knees and suck their teats. Everything you want on this mythical planet exists on our planet in a store that you get for money. You don't have to jack it off into your mouth. I almost insist that I do. I insist that I do. (laughs) He lay on the ground for another hour before he had the strength to stand up. He eventually made it back to his car and drove all the way home, not daring to look back. He planned to keep all of this quiet from his family. I would. But his bizarre injuries gave it away. I would love to see how that conversation went down at the dinner table that night, by the way. Everyone just sitting around, eating quietly. His brother is like... Oh, Jennings, uh, that's a that's a nasty little graze you got on, on your knee. Did you trip over on your hike in the woods? All right, fine. A sweet potato f***ed me. A romaine <laughs> lettuce assaulted me. A, 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 a carrot sucked me dry. <laughs> like, what, what yeah. injury could have possibly made him come clean about this whole story? Yeah. It's like, oh, could you pass the potato chips? N- nips? What about my nips? They're fine. They're untouched. <laughs> But what about your nips? You tell me about your nips. If we're talking about nips so much. Yeah, this is a hard one to... You've had too much happen to you. I think maybe if that was me, I'd take that one to the grave. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything in my life that's happened to me so far that I'm taking to the grave. Mm-hmm. But for sure, that would be one of them. I think he laid on in the forest floor for long enough. He can convince himself it was all a dream. 
But he did tell his family what happened, but he kept it quiet from everybody else for years for fear of ridicule. Right, the <laughs> so last we know how the family <laughs> reacted, by the way. <laughs> of course, the last thing you want is some sort of like enormous podcast to air this story in front of its, uh, frankly, millions of listeners across the world. <laughs> Michael Smith, whose name will remain confidential through the podcast. Uh... The witness, Michael Smith, whose nips, we're told, are named Tia and Tamara. He eventually did tell a reporter, and the story lives on even now that Jennings has sadly passed away in 2012 at the age of 62. His obituary said that he loved art and was known to be able to draw anything he saw. Ironically and unfortunately, I wasn't able to find a Jennings Frederick original of what he saw that day in the forest. Hey, if you go through something that traumatic, maybe you don't want to relive it, even in sketch form. That, that makes sense. That's it. Maybe it was all just too frightening to recall. And to this day, Jennings Frederick is the first and last person ever to report an encounter with what has come to be known as the Vegetable Man of West Virginia. Whoa. Also known as the Veggie Man. All right, that's a little less intimidating, but let's go with the first one. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot. And whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Rory, this happens to you in the forest. What are you doing? I don't even know why you think I would have a response to that. This is such an, a bizarre, abstract situation. It's very hard to, like, come up with an impromptu response. Uh, I don't know, man. I think, as it's I said, shy of, shy of putting that arrow through my own skull <laughs> within the first 30 seconds. I would simply fall on my sword. Yeah, I would probably take this. I'm telling you, I take this one to the grave. 
Fair, fair response to what just happened. I think if I had seen this creature between the trees, uh, moving silently, or if I'd maybe just heard the noise, maybe I would regale my my fellow lads down at the pub with a spooky story, you know, of being out in the woods. But if a freaking dandelion kissed me in the bushes and then took off on a jetpack to another planet, I'm I'm. I uh, maybe th- I would definitely question my own <laughs> mental fortitude. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did I slip over and eat a berry? <laughs> yeah, did a berry even <laughs> fall in my mouth while I was yawning? <laughs> maybe a loopy berry. Uh it, it's the dog in Yeezy's effect. We've it's a scientific principle Rory coined first here on this paranormal life. Yep. That if one was to see a dog wearing Yeezys walking down the street, one would just keep that information to oneself because it would be too strange and too unbelievable for anyone else to believe. Life is simpler if you just don't tell that story. Um, And that's what we're kind of dealing with today. This is beyond bizarre. So Rory, since we know there's only been one sighting of the Vegetable Man of West Virginia, it won't surprise you that information about this case is pretty limited. But yet there's plenty to unpack to really analyze this like a paranormal Sherlock Holmes. Really, in paranormal terms, there's only one possibility for what's going on here. This thing's an alien. Yeah, I think based on the the noise of a craft departing at the end of this uh, exchange, it's got to be from another planet, if there is any explanation. Which is interesting because of the way this thing interacted. There's layers to it. These aliens have managed to reach Earth and encounter Jennings. But clearly, this isn't the first time they've done it. They've made contact before. They obviously understand human anatomy because they knew to go for the nips and they knew they (laughs) wanted blood and who to get it from. If you were an alien, would you just drink the body fluids of the first creature you you stumbled upon? Probably not. The veggie man must have done this before. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a thing, isn't it? That we always say like, oh, uh, aliens, if they're coming to another planet, they'll maybe like take a form that is less threatening because if we saw them in their natural form, it would blow our minds of course so yeah who's to say this dude doesn't look very different but he landed in this forest and he was like i will look like one of them (laughs) (laughs) flower head vine arms he just turned himself into like a vegetable and then he's like sees a human and he's like oh oh you that's what you guys look like oh right i don't have time to change again because i gotta get out of here but um sucky sucky and i'm off (laughs) it's 100 percent true yeah that's an interesting point to think of later Is this his natural form or is this his earth form? Uh, Another huge clue is that he could communicate in English. The veggie man may have been in possession of alien technology. They can speak any language, a bit like Google Translate, the start of this uh, episode. Or they might have just been to earth enough times to learn the language. The exact words they said were, you need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as a friend. We know of you all. I come in peace. I wish medical assistance. I need your help. Which, to be fair is like grade A Duolingo tourist level language. I need hospital. Help me, please. Yeah, hello. Thank you. My name is Plant. My name is Planthony. I need your juice. But interesting that they say we know of you all. So their race has gathered knowledge of life on Earth. To some degree, yeah. This wasn't like a crash landing or something. But then why was he in such need of medical assistance if then he got it? And then he was like, all right, now time to get back in my ship that's functioning fine and get get, out of here. I guess that is the assistance he needed. Blood. It was just a bit of 
Yeah, I mean, it's a human transfusion, I guess. Researcher Amy points out that maybe the most telling behavior of all was that it lied. Did it? It said it came in peace and then attacked him. <laughs> well, I didn't attack him. That's like uh, a pet thinking it's being attacked when it goes to the vet and needs an injection that's going to help it, you know? Well, yeah, but so Jennings like didn't get helped. It was the other <laughs> way around. But I mean, if he's like, look, I come in peace, as in like, I'm not going to cut your head off or anything. I just need a little nip action. Yeah! <laughs> it sounded like he was just trying to get the human to calm down so he could get his blood or whatever he wanted from him and then get out of there. But apparently this indicates a high level of intelligence because I didn't know this. Apparently there's only a couple of animals on earth that are smart enough to be able to lie. Can I guess? Go for it. Monkey, for one. No. Because some of those little f***ers, they've tricked me in the past. Huh? I don't want to get in. It's, this is breeze past it. Uh, dolphin. Uh, we, don't, we can breeze past it, but like I feel like you should qualify like... A monkey tricked you? M multiple times, yeah. Dolphin. Multiple times? Is dolphin one or is it not, sir? Actually, it's the fork-tailed drongo, an African bird. Okay. Are there any more? Because my second guess is chimp. Basically another monkey. <laughs> Gorilla? I'm just listing all the f***ers who've beaten me in f blackjack games. <laughs> Through lying, no less. Look, when I fell into that monkey enclosure and I was in that headlock getting punched in the nose, I don't want to be offensive here. All the monkeys start to look the same. I don't know what a chimp is. I don't know what a gorilla is. I don't know what a fucking whenever you're armadillo getting, is. Whenever you're getting slapped in the dick by <laughs> hairy primates, you're not stopping to think about the delineation of which species is which. Right, yeah. It's like, oh, oh actually, that wasn't a chimp. That was, that about, was, a, that was a baboon. Sure. It's like, it doesn't matter because their fists all feel the same. I'm starting to think they were dangling that banana in front of me just to get me inside the cage. So I'd say, yeah, they're pretty good at tricking people and lying. So Rory, you have firsthand experience. It sounds like that you might have also been tricked by the veggie man in this situation. Yeah, if that had happened to me. Now, interestingly, while no one else has seen the veggie man per se, he wasn't the only person who'd seen something unexplained. His own mother had actually been witness to something fairly similar in her youth. Information is very thin on the ground, but from what I've been able to piece together, she saw a bizarre demonic figure tethered to a flying saucer hovering over her home. But mm. pretty interesting that mother and son both saw, over the course of their lifetimes, UFOs. Yeah, that makes it a little more worrying. Huh? If it's like, I don't know, if it was like a neighbor that had seen it, it's like, oh, now we've got multiple witnesses. And it's like, mother and son and child all saw it. It's like, all right, maybe don't let them have high caliber weaponry. Because <laughs> I, I don't know if, the, I don't know what's going on with their family. But they didn't see the same thing. Uh, it sounds quite similar, though. But like, if you're a thin, dangly beast on a UFO. But if your mother saw that, if you were going to make up a story, would you really invent the veggie man of West Virginia? That's the, that's a really good point. I mean, this, this is, we talked about this before. A lot of paranormal stories are so unbelievable. There's almost like a scale where it's like the more unbelievable they are, yeah. the more believable they become. 100%. In a weird way. Because, yeah, you would not tell your friends and family about this story. You, you would make something else up. You would say, I swear, I thought I saw a bush move. 
or a, a, a tree grabbed me or something like that. You're not talking about the vegetable man who then took off in a flying saucer. That's weird. So Rory, in an absence of more witnesses, in an absence of more physical evidence, in the spirit of trying to solve this mysterious paranormal case, I thought it might be a good idea to go digging for some similar creatures to see if there's any connections out there. Yeah, that's what you kind of have to do if you're dealing with a story where there's only been one encounter. A one and done. You know, I found a list of plants that humans have grown in space. Of course, the most famous alien cannibal plant is the one from Little Shop of Horrors. His telepathy was a lot more straightforward. He just said, feed me Seymour, (laughs) over and over. I did find one interesting thing, that E.T., the alien from the movie E.T., is a plant. What? Steven Spielberg confirmed it in an interview, uh, saying that E.T. was neither male nor female, uh, that he was a plant-like creature. That's such an unnecessary thing to have to clarify. <laughs> like, no one really needed to know that. I was like, oh, um, yeah, a bit of lore. E.T.'s actually a f-ing carrot. <laughs> I just wanted you guys to know that. It's like, all right, well, uh, that doesn't change anything. It's like, uh... <laughs> He's like, ask stupid questions that get stupid answers, bitch. <laughs> Next reporter. <laughs> it's like, um, you know the Cantina Band in Star Wars? Yeah the style of music that they play canically in the universe instead of jazz is called jizz. <laughs> I'm, not making, okay. I'm not making that up. All right. George Lucas is like, yeah, it's a genre <laughs> in space called jizz music. It's like, all right, like, sure, sure, okay. That didn't need to be different at all. <laughs> it could have just been jazz or space jazz. He's like, no, it's semen. They're like, please stop talking. Just stop. You're ruining it for everyone. Uh, you might have guessed that if by now... <laughs> Did I mention Jabba the Hutt is a f- lettuce? And when the Cantina Band... Stop talking, George. When the Cantina Band... <laughs> he's yelling at this point. When they break out guitars, it's called spunk music. Spunk rock. Spunk rock! You could just hear the booing in the, in the, in the reporter's crowd. <laughs> Rory, you might have guessed that by now, if I'm talking about 1982 family sci-fi adventure classic film, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, that's my way of telling you there's no real sightings of similar <laughs> creatures, which is wild in itself because there's so many stories of cryptids out there, but we couldn't find any more on blood-sucking alien plants. But I do realize that we're lacking the physical evidence to prove that Jennings really got sucked off by a demonic salad. So we have no other choice but to ask the scientific question. Is it possible that a courgette on another planet gains enough intelligence and resources to mind read, build a space program, travel to the other side of the galaxy in presumably a giant grape-shaped spacecraft just to suck the blood of humans? That's why I'm going to show you five of the most intelligent and terrifying plants here on Earth to inform your decision about whether there's any more terrifying ones on other planets. Sure, that makes sense. You know, we're only calling this guy a vegetable because that's what that's what he is on our planet. You know, who's to say on his home planet? Those are the guys walking around, and there's a bunch of humans standing in fields, like trees. That, that thought didn't come together quite as coherently as I planned. <laughs> That really made more sense uh, as an abstract thought. It's quite terrifying, and I do wish to move past it. I'm just imagining you pick their fingers as fruit or something. Yeah, let's let's not dwell on this. That's genuinely pretty weird. (laughs) Number one, we have doll's eyes. All right. Good Lord, this almost looks like a fungus. 
like some sort of like thing that would grow out of a of a dying tree. It's pretty horrible looking. Looks like DNA. The nugget cells. <laughs> this is a type of berry that looks like eyeballs on the end of flesh-colored stems, watching anything walking past them. And if you're dumb enough to try eating something that looks this cursed, you guessed it, they cause heart attacks and death. That's fair. But not sentient, just poisonous. True. Number two, the corpse flower. Have you ever seen this one before? Whoa. All right, kids showing me a picture of a flower. And flower is an understatement. This looks like a fountain with a huge big red basin at the bottom and a jetting upward pillar, essentially, of just yellow, almost petals or a stem. It's, it's enormous. It's like the it's the size of like two humans. It's the biggest flower on earth. And it attracts insects to devour by smelling like rotting flesh. Oh my god. So, pretty smart. That's borderline a lie. Yeah, yeah, that's, tr I guess, tricking animals, kind of. Number three, Jimpy Jimpy. He sounds like he could be friends with E.T. <laughs> E.T. and Jimpy Jimpy go to Earth, and E.T. too. Uh, this, is a, this is a leaf. You're showing me a picture of a leaf, a spiky leaf. Well, you better knock that idea out of your head if you ever go to Australia, because this stinging leaf uh, triggers an intense allergic reaction, uh which causes excruciating, debilitating pain for months. Um, people have described it as like they're being burned by acid, electrocuted, or squashed by giant hands. Whoa! Weirdly specific, the last one. Many people have reported pain for years afterwards, and there are several accounts of horses mad with pain jumping off cliffs. <laughs> oh my god! That's awful! Dude, y you know, Australia is something else, huh? Good thing it's not real. <laughs> We come from, uh, you know, grew up in Northern Ireland. We're quite lucky that uh, the wildlife there, uh, both in animal and vegetable form, really can't deal you a lot of harm. Yeah, the weather will kill you, but sure. the animals and the flora and fauna won't. The closest thing we have to that is a nettle, which feels like you're being crushed by tiny hands, baby hands, you know? It's still pretty sore and inconvenient, but not enough for me to jump off a cliff. Like, I'm pretty sure the biggest predator in the UK is a fox. Or a child predator. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> you didn't specify what kind of... Number four. Uh, this is this is just called the pain bush. <laughs> okay. I knew nettles would make it to the list at some point. I don't have an image. Uh, number five. You don't have an image of the pain bush? The caster bean. Okay. Is, is it a bean that while you're eating it is like, he's scooping me up. He's going for the mouth. It is a full spoon right here. Caster bean? All right, you've, you've get Sorry. images, privileges revoked. Oh, come on, let me see the bean. Let Fine. me see the bean. I wish I hadn't seen the bean. Why? <laughs> it's a gorgeous bean. You're showing me two things here. That's the plant, that's the bean. All right, That's the okay. bean from the plant. Okay, okay. It looks pretty scary and alien-y, though, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, very red, very bright, very spiky. Also, the text you didn't read out that I can see on the document is just, imagine a bean, dot, dot, dot. That can kill. Well, it can. Does it kill you? If Is it poison? They're made of pure ricin. Oh, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I think this is the type of bean you would have fed someone in Roman times to kill an emperor. <laughs> right. You drop one of those in their wine and it's game over. Or if you get real good, you could flick it from a distance <laughs> straight into the emperor's mouth. Unfortunately, in my research, I found everything but a plant that can suck blood. But surely, if this crazy shit is what plants are getting up to on Earth, 
Maybe this is what they're getting up to in the Andromeda galaxy. There's at least one radish piloting an X-Wing. Is there no plant that can do that? Because I guess, what's the closest? Like a leech? Yeah. That's like a, a, a vegetable that was granted animal privileges just about. <laughs> it just graduated like last summer. It's, uh, yeah, it's on its, it's provisional still, license. <laughs> yeah. There is many legends throughout history of man-eating plants. Yeah. Through lots of different cultures. It's a really cool, interesting idea. I even think it like features in things like Pokemon, right? You've got like um the plant Pokemon that can like sap the life out of things. Leech with, seed. Yeah, yeah. With with vines and things, but um it actually doesn't exist in the natural world. If you I, I know because I've done this before, what are the what are the a Venus flytrap? Yeah. You know, that's one of the famously one of the more carnivorous plants because mm-hmm. as you know, they trap flies. Um then close when the fly is is near them, and then using I don't know some sort of acidic properties uh, dissolves liquefy it. yeah liquef flies it and and eats it essentially. And I wonder I wonder if you had a big enough Venus flytrap and put a human body in there. I think again this is the premise of. Little, Little Shop, Shop of Horrors, yeah. <laughs> Could, can I Google that? Is that will I get on a, like a government list, or will I be arrested immediately if I Google? Could a big enough plant dissolve a body? It's only one way to find out. Could a giant Venus flytrap dissolve a body? This is extra worrying because uh, we're actually currently recording this uh, in the Warner Studios in London, and I am using their Wi-Fi. Here we go. Gizmodo.com. Can a Venus flytrap digest human flesh? I'm under arrest, apparently. Uh, The police will be there (laughs) in 40 minutes. It is locked. Venus flytraps can digest small pieces of human or animal flesh. Truth is somewhat stranger than fiction. I mean, this story is, I admit, laughably insane yeah and yet here on earth we have plants that can according to gizmodo.com partially digest human flesh you won't be laughing when those venus fly traps are essentially nipple clamps (laughs) (laughs) latched onto your body in the dead of night (laughs) rory you may have sensed from the first five minutes of this episode that we are hamstrung with this investigation into the veggie man by a lack of physical evidence. Jennings is the only person to ever see it, and he did not get photographic proof. He did not make uh, an illustration of the thing, and yet we're still left with a a compelling story, a story that seems too wild to be fake. What do you make of it? Before I come down on any conclusions with this case, there's got to be... Is there even, like, an artist's interpretation of the creature? I know we said we don't have one from the actual witness, but I feel like if this case is famous enough, there's got to be something. I'm going to Google it. Okay, Kit has sent me two pictures. The first one, great. This is exactly what I needed. It helped me really kind of envision what this creature was. Looks a bit like, almost like a, a giant grasshopper with some human properties, very thin, weedily, almost like vines that have come to life with this terrifying, bizarre head. Yeah, it's a lot less vegetable-like when you see the artist's interpretation. You start to realize this is just the name that he gave it, but it's not the whole story. It's really more of a terrifying beast. Yeah, it is really not very funny at all. If you had seen this thing, you would be freaking out. And then picture number two that he sent me. (laughs) This is more of a, just to tee it up, this is more of like a literal interpretation. Okay, Uh, this is a a man. (laughs) Well, is it? 
Yeah. Uh, oh, it is. Could be encrypted. It is. This is a man dressed in a vegetable suit made of vegetables. So he's got carrot fingers, uh, lettuce legs. It is terrifying. It is actually. A six pack made of tom- half sliced tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't even know. His hair looks like broccoli. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's probably less of a, a realistic interpretation well, of what the creature was. You know, somewhere in between the two, probably. Well, let's hope not. So that's great. That actually, that does help me bring bring this creature to life a little bit better in my head. Usually if we're investigating a big case that's quite popular and there's not a lot of evidence, that's quite damning. Today we don't have a lot of evidence, but there only really has been one person who's ever seen it. So that does kind of check out. Does that make it enough to go on, to believe? Really, no. And normally on this Paranormal Life, we tend to spend some of the end of the show talking about the different, more logical conclusions for what happened. There ain't none. No, Alien is the only one. It's a really black and white decision. Did the Vegetable Man of West Virginia truly attack Jennings that day? Or is the whole thing a lie? I think at the end of the day, we've had Alien and extraterrestrial cases with more witnesses and more credible evidence that we've said were no's. So I don't know if I could go on record today and say, based on this one guy's story with this one creature, that I truly believe that it is real. I need more, unfortunately. I more strongly believe that men in this world are loco than the vegetable man is real and running around West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, It sounds like we are coming down on a double no today. You can give us a double no, but you cannot dampen the fire in our hearts of launching this Paranormal Life 2.0. Rory, is it good to be back? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You finished your vegetables. Now it's time for dessert. Thank you to Amy Grisdale for researching this episode. So we so hope you've enjoyed this first foray into an investigation under the banner of This Paranormal Life 2.0 with the new artwork, with the new Patreon rebrand. And we hope that you will head over to patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life to check out all that new shit. We have ad-free episodes. We have the monthly bonus episodes you've come to know and love alongside a new weekly TPL after party podcast. Hell yeah, which we're going to record in just a second. That is exclusively on Patreon. We also have the exclusive patron only raffles where we raffle off every month a piece of this paranormal life uh, history. That could be, like we said earlier, a Ouija board. It could be a prototype of some merch um, or anything cool that we can get our hands on. Soon we're going to be raffling off the aura glasses that we used in the first episode of this year. Not to miss out mentioning the Night of the Commune limited edition coin that is only available on Patreon. And lastly, many of you who've been with us for a long time will remember that Patreon shoutouts were a big part of this show. We used to end every episode shouting out our patrons and we had to put a pause on them for a long time because... Uh, we were insanely oversubscribed. Uh, we de- ended up doing something like 1,500 over a few years. It was it was nuts. Yeah, I remember we, we basically had to stop the tier because you crunched the numbers one day and you were like, if we delete the tier this month, we will, just from the amount we have right now, be doing shout-outs for the next six months. I th- yeah, it was, yeah, it was at just least six months. Just to clear the backlog. So we realized we did have to stop them and figure out a new way that we could bring them in, in a way we could handle it, and so everyone could get a great shout-out that they enjoy, and hopefully we've done that. So we're excited to bring them back. I am. I'm genuinely excited. I used to love doing shout-outs. 
it was always such a weird, fun thing to do at the end of the episode. I remember people saying, like, weirdly, sometimes the shout-outs was, like, their favorite bit of the episode. So I'm, I am very excited. So you can head over to Patreon, and the shout-outs pretty much have their own tier. When we stopped doing shout-outs the last time, we did a call-out and said, hey, if anyone feels they missed theirs from the last time, or if they signed up not having got the memo on Patreon that we weren't offering them there for probably a year or so. Yeah. That is cool. We want to honor that. So I do have a short list of people who we owe shout outs to and we're going to do this month. If you still feel you've missed that list or if we've missed you out, apologies. Some Too bad. Do, no, no, no. Apologies. Things do slip you missed through the, the crack. Boat. No, no, no. It's been, they, these people have been patient, patiently waiting for a very long time. Well, they can uh, wait a little longer. So... Things do slip through the cracks. Uh, yeah. Just ping us at the end of this month if you still feel you've been owed yours, and we will get that to you. This Paranormal Life podcast at yeah. nunyabusiness.com. Okay, that's quite enough. And we'll we'll get you'll get like an automatic reply of the middle finger emoji. And if all of this talk about <laughs> shoutouts is going way over your head because you haven't heard them before, well, you're in luck because we're going to start them up again right now at the end of this episode. Remember patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life the links to everything are in the description of this podcast so special thank you to trinity hoyam how am i doing trinity <laughs> thank you so much for asking no one ever asked me any rory never asked me anymore god damn about thank how you me. doing how am i doing <laughs> All right, okay how are you doing terrible oh, Rory, that's why i don't ever ask me exactly and i actually have a few bones to pick with you you son of a bitch are you happy trinity I'm going to be hearing this for infinity. Thank you also to George Carboni. George Carboni, no stranger to a Roni. He keeps a six-pack of Corona on his belt at all times. It's like a bullet belt, but he's ready to rage. It's a little surprising to hear that because as a seven-foot walking mm -hmm. skeleton, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how he even drinks it. That's why they call him Carboni. Yeah. Yeah, the liquid yeah. passes right through his ribs and just leaks out of it. That's how good that stuff is. He even won it in the afterlife. <laughs> Thank you also to Devin Putman. Devin's called the Putman because whenever they're on the green, it's going in the hole. Oh, yeah. They're the putt master. Of course, getting to the green, sure, it takes a couple hours. Not a driver. Not really. Doesn't really know how to play golf. Sure. Sure. Doesn't know which side of the if they, if racket to hold. If there was some or... kind of weird game where it was like a relay race and someone else could do all the other shit. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, Tiger Woods takes lessons from Devin on this shit. Oh, as soon as Devin's on the green, yeah. But don't stand behind them when they're driving off the tee because you will get hit with a, with a nine iron. Thank you to Andrew Gorham. Andrew, of course, famous for um, uh, trying to create his own line of uh, uh, miniature paintable statues mm -hmm. called uh, Gorehammers. Oh. Yeah, similar to Weird. Warhammers. Right, sure, um, that's what I was thinking. But uh, his, obviously, were banned for being quite sexually explicit. Oh. It was more pornography in tiny miniature form than it was some sort of, like, collectible game that you could play. That's, uh, wow. I mean, cool, I guess. Not really. Some really, really borderline inappropriate stuff. And it's like, it doesn't matter how small you make it, Andrew, if, if people can still see what's happening, Easy it's still paint, illegal. Though, because, uh, just flesh color, just flesh color <laughs> right, paint. Just one paint tone. Thank you also to Joshua Baines. It pains me to know that you didn't get your shout out for so long. I, I, thank you for not complaining too much. Oh, I think it's he did. He wrote several letters of complaint. 
a few formal ones, a few legal uh, letters, cease and desist letters as well. Oh. Um, oh, okay. I was trying to just do like a pun, like. No, he's nice. his lawyer's actually. We've got a call in five with his lawyer. He's he's with very Blaine? he's very litigious. Yeah, that's insane. With Blaine. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, that's uh. Yeah, it's not entertaining. That it's pains just, me to hear. It does. I gotta get on the first train out of here because I don't want to go to jail. That was wasn't the pun. No, I really don't want to get in, in any legal trouble. Uh, needless to say, we have to go. Uh, we're keeping it short and sweet for shoutouts this week, but we are going to be doing more every week from now on. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of This Paranormal Life 2.0. Oh, yeah. Let us know what you think of the artwork. Let us know what you think of the new tiers on Patreon and everything we're doing. So we'll see you on Tuesday for a brand new Paranormal Tale. We'll see you later in the month for this month's bonus episode. And we'll see you on Friday for the first edition of the TPL After Party. Very exciting. Bye-bye. Yeah, I watched the show. That show growing up. <laughs> sister, sister, didn't know how much I missed you. So good. <laughs>